Hey guys, for those of you that haven't joined us before, I'm John Harris. I'm a professional drummer and educator and best friends with me, Ben Jones. I am a professional bassist and educator. And over the last 15 years, we've been working, laughing and living together, navigating the ups and downs of teaching in higher education and having a jolly old time in the UK music industry. This podcast is our way to open the doors of our friendship and professional lives to discuss all things music and life. Welcome to our podcast, Beats and Best Friends. Hello everyone and welcome back to Beats and Best Friends. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well. How are you? Very well, thank you. And we are very excited to be back here with another guest spot. And for disclosure, we had to re-record this, so we are actually <laughs> we are actually way out of sync in terms of you know what the timeline would feel like on the episode so far, um, and basically we just couldn't use the first take, which was such a shame. But we were so committed to having these two on the podcast that we finally, after a few failed attempts, have got them back in the room as our one of our guest spots on the podcast and we're absolutely chuffed to welcome another two ICMP students the wonderful Andrew Green and the wonderful Tabasum Mibanyasad so a very welcome big welcome to you both thank you great Hello. to be here Thanks. <laughs> excellent so this whole episode obviously we've had kind of themes running through the guest spots this one is about education in terms of later life a little bit because you're both sort of what we would class as the most horrible term in ever mature students. <laughs> which I, re- basically, I really and, hate that. I and really do you know how old that. you have to be to m- be a mature student? Oh, no. 21. 21 and over. You are joking. Yeah, that makes you <laughs> a I should really know student. that. That's crazy, right? Wow. So if you're 22, you're a mature student. So I'm almost a mature student. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of years old. <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like, wait a minute, how old are you? I'm 19, mate. (laughs) But yeah, and obviously that's a really exciting thing because, you know, so many of the students at ICMP um, either come directly from sixth form or college or whatever. So they get to us around sort of 18, 19. um, And you have both joined us later than that. And we obviously want to hear a little bit about that. But then also the most important thing is to hear your stories because they're both incredibly interesting. Um, So I think we should just... Get Let's get into straight it. Straight into it. And we're going to start with Tabby, I think. So, do you want to just say a little bit about who you are and where you come from and all those sort of things? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Tabasom. I come from Iran, Tehran. I just came here when I was 16 years old. And I just started doing basically dental nursing. The job I was really, really hated. And what happened in my life was after COVID, I decided to just follow my dream and do the study and get back to music. And this is the third year I'm here at ICMP. Amazing. So the third year. So when did you start? I just started, I believe, 2021. I just started with HNC yeah. uh, course. And then I got into degree um, for BMS performance. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, for the listeners at home, the HNC was our one-year program, which has been replaced by another program now. Um, and what made you, you've touched on it, but what made you really want to take the plunge and go? Because I think to do music is one thing, but to study music is almost a different thing. So what made you think, right, I'm going to not only go and do music, but I also want to study it too? 
I just had the, I had this passion um, when I was a child because I grown up in an artistic kind of family. My father is an artist. When I moved in here, I didn't know the way. But when I decided to do music, I just always wanted to be a musician before only a singer. So I just said I just wanted to learn everything about music in a proper way and be in that kind of environment and finding the connection with different people. Mm. So that's how I just decided to go for it. Nice. And so tell us more about your family and the artistic side. That sounds really interesting. My father, um, he's a singer. He's a professional singer. He's quite famous in Iran. But um, for me, as a woman, yeah. it was never the case to become a singer. So I couldn't really do anything. What's, can you that. go into that a little bit more, Tabs, about sort of being a you know, being a woman and wanting to sing or wanting to do music? Well, in that time, um, most of the thing as a woman you can do is either joining the choir or being an instrumentalist or actress. It's a very male-dominated kind, kind of environment for, yeah. mm -hmm. as you can imagine, is everywhere, but yeah. there is quite heavily male-dominated mm -hmm. and is not a very healthy environment we don't have any rights and being a singer is not possible because we are not allowed to sing in public as a woman mm. so i couldn't do that um and anything else aside of that is just gonna disappear i was really disappointed yeah. I, I used to sing in a kind of family or friends parties but not in public wow and when i came in here it's interesting that the word was open to me, but yeah. mentality wasn't there. So I yeah. always thought I have to do something in a side and do the music when I have a chance. Yeah. Then I realized, no, that's not possible. So there's no professional female singers in Iran? We do have a professional uh, female singers in Iran, and now they're doing a kind of underground things. Wow. Um, but they can't publicly have a concert. Wow. So or, they have to have like what secret gigs and things like that? Or? They don't even have a gigs. So what do they do? It's just like accompany a man as a BV or like wow. singing with them, but in a lower voice. But you can't be on a stage and sing as a woman. Can you release music and not perform it live? Could you have like a track out and someone could go and listen to you? The thing in Iran is just like you have to have a permission even as a, as a man, for the lyrics, for the music you're creating. Permission you from who tabs? It's an um, association, basically, you need to get for the music. So they give you a license, so they need to have a look at the lyrics. Oh, wow. If they are not agree, you have to change. Or if wow. it's a kind of a music that it, they are not happy with, you're not allowed to release it to the public mm. you can do it and so many people are doing it but yeah. they don't have permission so if you have a concert you can basically you can't basically sing them because they can arrest you so you it's breaking the law so you would be yeah. arrested if you did a concert so like it's that. mainly it's just the underground kind of music that they released that's incredible you know um so our friend david yondrade mm. <clears throat> he's started to perform with uh, a tour with an iranian artist right and the security that she has to have on the gigs is next level. Really? Like there's people that are really not happy about it. Yeah. Um, and when she tours, but she's she's quite successful in terms of like, because she's standing up for what she believes in. Yeah. So she's got a quite a, like a 
quite a major following because of that because she's obviously you know she represents something but dave was saying the security at the gigs is is pretty pretty scary really that they need to go to that extent to protect her but she's willing to do it anyway because she believes in it so much it's so funny because like you just take that for granted here the thought of like and and and, you know i imagine any listener is thinking hang on a minute Mm. i can gig whenever i want i could busk even if you take gigs away for a second you could just stand out in the middle of the street open your guitar case or whatever and play music and people may not put money in but it's not illegal obviously there are places that you're not allowed to busk but like the process of doing that isn't illegal and that's so humbling to Mm. to think that there are you know places out there and people out there who are not able to do something that to me feels like a very basic human right of vocalizing your passion for music like that's really incredible so when did you come to the uk 2006. 2006. And so you were doing dental nursing? Yeah, I was doing the dental nursing. I just started with dental receptionist. And then I just started studying dental nursing and I just started working there. And how was that, being a dental nurse? For a time it was all right, but it it wasn't me. I really suffered during those years because... um, I couldn't become a dentist because I knew it's not what I wanted to do. And I'm really, really happy that I didn't yeah. went down, down the road in that kind of uh, perspective. But it's just like, um, it was good for, it just gave me an experience that I recognize I shouldn't take this for granted. Mm. Uh, because getting the opportunity to do what you love Mm-hmm. And what you really like, it's completely different world. Yeah. So I don't need an alarm to wake up every morning. <laughs> That's yes. a difference. That's interesting, that is a big isn't it? One for sure. Yeah. And what was the moment when you thought, right, that's it. No more. I'm going to do music. Was there a, an event? Was there something that happened that f- put your mind to go, right, I'm doing it? It's really interesting because every time I'm just getting back to the, to that moment, um, and is it was like the last day when we closed the surgery because of the pandemic and we didn't know basically when we need to get back. Mm. When I got home, I physically felt that something heavy has been lifted up from my shoulder. Mm. And in that night, I just sang a song that I used to sing as a child yeah. and I just posted on the social media. It hasn't got my, my face or anything. It was just a voice. And one of what my- What song was it, Tabs? Um, it was an Iranian folk song, uh, but one of my mother's cousin contacted me and said, I remember actually you always sang that song as a kid. Oh, wow. My son is a producer. I will put you in contact. So maybe you can do the covers. And for a while, I just started doing some of the Iranian covers. But I said, I just wanted more and more. So that's why I just decided to search. I found ICMP. I did in that time everything. The audition and everything was online in that time. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. And I just find my way. So do you think that without the pandemic, you would have made that leap? I don't think so. Wow. Because I was so involved, you know, it was very scary to, because I used to work full time for Mm. a very, very long time. And I didn't know how I should basically do, cope with the change of from earning full time to become full time students. Mm. 
But then I realized if I don't do it now, I, it, it was just something inside happened. Yeah. I could just face that fear in me that was exist most of the time of not doing it. I said, this is the moment. Either you're going to take it or yeah. that's not going to be it. the next kind of opportunity. I just felt that. Mm. That's amazing. There's something yeah. there's something about the pandemic, wasn't there? I think a lot of people reassessed Definitely. what they were doing. And I, I know a lot of friends and professional musicians that like have never gone back to music. And yeah. they were, you know, and it, so it had like one effect on, on some people yeah, and totally. another effect on others because loads of pros going, do you know what? I actually quite like being at home with the family and doing yeah. this. And do I want to be on the road for the next 10 years? No. So I'm going to pack it in and get a normal job. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people like you, Tabs, were like, do you know what? I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to go, you know, straight yeah. into music and put everything I've got into it. It's quite interesting, the different sort of different sides to it. It's so crazy to think now from like my side as not only program leader, but just being a member of the ICMP community that you may not have been here. Because you're such a big part of this, our family on the on the program, it, it's really weird for me to think that there's a world where that may not have happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I imagine for you, it's way stronger than that. But no, it's amazing, and we're just so grateful to have you here. We're so grateful. Oh, I'm thank so, you so much. I never thought I'd say I'm glad the pandemic happened, <laughs> no. but no, like I'm glad that it put <laughs> the stars to align to have you with us. I okay. think that's that's. awesome thank you so much as well for sharing that so over to you my good sir mr andrew hello green hello there yeah. would you like oh, yeah. to look how magnificent tell your story my story doesn't have quite the same war against adversity that tabby has. <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean in my i mean my thing was i mean I, probably my early teens i got a real passion for music i mean that was i mean the, the era you can age me from this is i mean i was listening to like like so there was bands like you know um Blondie, um, you know, The Clash, um, this, uh, Specials, those bands at that time, and the John Peel program, and hearing all this weird and wonderful music, um, you know, from reggae, African, punk, industrial stuff he was playing. And I fell in love with that, and uh, I heard a record by Stiff Little Fingers called Suspect Device, and I thought, when I, when I heard that, I thought there could be nothing better in the world than to be part of a band doing this. And so that uh, I, when I was 17, I got a guitar and I started writing songs. I learned enough guitar to write songs. Um, I, started, I started a band and we sort of played for about sort of four, five or six years. Um, yeah. that, uh, um, but it kind of, the, the, the drummer moved up north, the, um, the guitarist got married and kind of, it, it, I didn't really, really know where to go then with it. Yeah. And at that stage I had a nice job. And so I gave up music. I, 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 and I still listened to it. I still bought it. Um, but for the next... 26 years um i didn't do anything serious performing music wow. uh, so my so my my so my, my i think there's my last gig was 1994 i wow. stopped um <laughs> and i played the next one in in Oct- in october 2019 so that was kind of the the, 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 the the gap um but yeah so it was that one but then then what happened was i kind of i got the kind of urge to do it again um and uh, that uh, and see i had played Well, I'd played bass, um, though I, I thought I knew how to play bass. Um, but, uh, but, I cle- uh, but I thought, okay, if I could do it again, um, I want to learn it properly. Uh, so I went to um, a, a local guitar school. It's called Croydon Guitar Tuition at the time. Um, it's now called Own Accord. And um, I did a class, and the guy said to me, you know, you know, if you decide to go to music school, and it was like, what is this? You talk. I mean, yeah. I thought music school was a, it's where you learn to play the cello. 
Yeah, know, yeah. Classical, uh, yeah. And certainly not something that you know a man in his fifties would be welcome at. <laughs> and, he, and he talks about this. He talks about ICM. He talks about BIM. Talks about ACM. Um, and that kind of sort of seeped in my mind. It's like, ooh, that's a thing. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I mean, I think, I think probably. I mean, the, the earliest iteration of ICMP may have started, I think, in the mid eighties, wasn't mid-80s, it? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, you know, it, when I was seventeen, the, these places didn't exist at all. Yeah. Know? So it wasn't. I, I, so, but, so I did certain. So to see, I started doing some research into it. And I thought, oh, I quite fancy this. Yeah. Um, and I, I came to the last open day before lockdown. Um, oh, wow. uh, that's that's and uh, um, walked around the place, and it just seemed like an absolute sweet shop. You know, the, 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 you know, they've seen the studios. Did we meet that time? No, no, was no, I no, off no you, you off because it was um, uh, Terry was doing the. the, the, the ah, he did both. Yeah, he, he, mm. yeah the I show. actually yeah, remember terrible. that one now. Yeah, I was not not on, and he was doing both. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but it, it, it seemed like a really nice place. I mean, I think I did the. I mean, I did the online open days for BIM, but I thought, well, I've walked around here, I've yeah. seen people, and people seem kind of, uh, and this, this is the kind of place I want to be. So I, I auditioned. And I, I originally auditioned not expecting to get in. I thought I'd just get some feedback, but I was offered a place. And so, and the, at that point, it was like the, the, the kind of the handbrake was off. Wow! And I rolled Excellent. towards yeah to come here. I mean, I deferred for a year, which was a good thing because I was obviously I, so I, I missed the pandemic year. Ah uh, yes. That, that, um, so the, that, that was I think a big relief that I made that choice at that time. So that, that's how I got to here. That's amazing. That's, uh, I mean, the, the, the background to it is that thing of, you know, I think everybody here is here because they have that passion for music. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was like, you know, why do it? It's because if I, ha- if I never tried, yeah, yeah, then it would always be maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think it's, that, and you know, and you know, something, the more I do, the more I, I enjoy it. And it's, um, you know, that's why yeah, there's, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so much here. Amazing. That's awesome. I think um, the reason I enjoy teaching so much, and it's not just at ICMP, and I teach at other places, but predominantly at ICMP, is that we get to meet people totally. like you two and all the other students here. And it's great. And it's like from all walks of life as yeah. well. And it's so interesting kind of hearing people's stories and seeing what people have done and, and also all age groups as well. Yeah. And it's lovely because I remember when we first went down the pub Andy and I had a couple of pints and it was great we were just sort of picking each other's brains and Phil was there as well yeah. Phil Harris obviously Phil used to be a barrister no, no relation no relation no, he's not my brother um, but it's just it's really interesting I'm, I love hearing people's kind of backgrounds and stories and stuff and it's just great to, that you're both here as well and, and chose ICMP to come and study I, think, I, mean, I mean studying music here is very different to other forms of study I mean, I mean I've, I've got you know, degrees in surveying and the like and if you really sign up for a surveying degree, if you love it, your end game is this is going to be a good solid career with good money and, you know, tick. Yeah. yeah. And obviously to commit to doing music, there's never that promise at the end of it. There's right. a hope, there's an ambition, but there's never. And so to, to choose to do it, you have to either have piles of money already. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Or have an, an, an unquenchable need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, I think they were talking about, about Tabby's you know, introduction. Yeah, I mean, she had to come to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it may not have been this year, last year. It would have come, and because yeah. that, that because that magnetic pull is there. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think that magnetic pull. I like. Yeah, that. magnetic pull. I think it must be tricky because for many of our students who are obviously younger, they may not appreciate that yet it's a very much like a logical step for them so they've either done like a a b-tech or something in music so what's the next step well keep studying music and it's just you know degree is the next logical step but for some people who didn't have that opportunity 
that invisible force pulling you back through fate or destiny or whatever you want to call it I think when you're younger you don't really feel those things you're kind of like yeah but I'll just go do this now and then Mm. that's the next step and one of my favorite things about working here and teaching similar to you mate is that like you don't know who's going to walk through your door and I think it's so incredible that you always have this constant flow of exposure to new ways of thinking new ideas new music you know like so many of the bands that you mentioned i remember my dad sort of talking to me about so because my my dad um is a little bit younger stepdad sort of that sort of thing so you're not a million miles away from his age and it's like all those bands i was like oh i remember my dad talking about these and it's just so cool to hear other opportunities for young people to hear other music because unless Mm. you stumble across it you may never find it and for someone to say oh this is what i listened to when i was a bit younger they might go oh my god this is the best thing i've ever heard and you'd never be able to know it and mate that's a beautiful segue into the question that i wanted to ask these two so there you go talking about music because that's (laughs) why we're all here um tab starting with you i was going to ask you guys your three top records of all time like if you were on a desert island and you had to take three like it can be an album or a single or an artist yeah. or whatever but three three records that you would take tabs what are you, what are you saying prince which one uh purple rain purple rain i love that song and i need to think about the other two but i i love george michael mm-hmm. oh which album would you take you freedom freedom yeah it's a good album good love, yeah and the third one, oh, it's going to be Queen. Queen? Yeah. Which album? I want to break free. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Very good. So you've got Queen, George Michael and Prince. That's not bad, is it? If you only had to listen to three people for the rest of your life, there are definitely worse people to yeah. have to listen to on I was repeat. I going to say, I've never heard of those before. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? Okay, so, um, so I think that it's, I'm going to cheat massively. So the first one would be um, the collection of Lee Scratch Perry's work, Arcology. Yeah, the, the, the three CD box set that uh, of all his reggae and dub stuff from his uh, Black nice. Ark Studios. Nice. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be on Desert Island, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, oh, yeah. You know, what more could you want than that? Really, that's, that's uh, awesome. You know, from, you know, from Dub Revolution onwards, that would be that would be number one. Um, my second one is is a is also a slight cheat. It will be the the collection of the Falls John Peel sessions, all twenty odd of them. Um, again, a band that's hugely put important to me. Uh, there's a, um, and the third one is probably more tricky. Um, I'm trying to think about because see, I can't see myself. If I'm trapped on an island on my own, Joy Division is not going to necessarily I'm looking for. Um, so that, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just picturing you on a desert island. Just with just Joy <laughs> Division on repeat. You wouldn't be on the island for much longer, <laughs> would you? So what would I go for? Go for um, I think um, I'd probably... That's a hard one. I think... On that basis, I'm going to go for the first Stiff Little Fingers album simply because it reminds me of being a certain age. Nostalgia. And at a certain time in my life, and it was, say, the ignition point for me with realising that I didn't want to just want to consume music. I wanted to make it too. So that's... That's a good... There's a nice spread there. choice. Okay, so my second question is around um, study and and sort of coming to music, obviously. What's been the biggest challenge you faced in your studies of music in the time you've been with us at ICMP? 
So the last couple of years for you, Andy, and the last three years, I suppose, for you, Tabs. What's been the biggest challenge? I don't mind who goes first, so whoever wants to go on. We're going to ping pong. I I, I think one is that they're not knowing what I didn't know. I think that uh, I think that if, if if you have gone through a kind of music education in a conventional way, it does sort of go in a, in a linear fashion. Yeah. Um, that that uh, I didn't really have that, so I arrived here and discovered what I did know, and discovered what I didn't know very quickly. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, and, that, and it was a uh, it's a it's a, I've said to John before, but the first LPW class, um, <laughs> I, 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 I started playing started play, 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 the thrill is gone. And he looked at me, and goes, "Hmm, timekeeping, we can fix that." <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was it was all the feedback you need or it's like yeah so that that was that so that's I think that was that's my pick tabs nice, like you. yeah I can relate to what you said actually because the first LPI that I had it was just like LPW yeah it was just like I felt I'm very good yeah but when I got to the stage first of all the anxiety I just yeah. wanted to open the door and just run <laughs> it was just like <laughs> Everything is just skipped out of my mind. I couldn't remember the lyrics. I dropped the rhythm. Yeah. And it was just like, you're not that good. <laughs> wow. You have to work on that one. Yeah. We both had that, I think, when we both walked through Massively. the door. We've spoken about this on other episodes, but like similar, basically a combination of you and Andy's there. I remember getting on stage <laughs> for my first LPW when I did the diploma. So I was, I must have just been 18 something like that and uh i remember walking in there and i was like obsessed with pop punk that's what i you know that was my bag it was all blink 182 newfound glory green day offspring the whole thing and i remember we were playing in the midnight hour wilson pickett and you know beautiful old stack song and i remember just laying into it with my pick with my bass <laughs> down by my knees everyone was very chilled and gentle and I was throwing myself around the stage and I remember finishing it thinking I nailed that I was so good and I remember my teacher John <laughs> just came up to me and went well I think you enjoyed it and I said yeah yeah I did he's like I mean I've got a few pointers and sort of <laughs> the scroll unraveled to the floor and I because I just had no idea about stylistic authenticity, mm. about tone, about context. I was just like, I've been used to playing, you know, pop punk songs for the last two or three years to a bunch of sweaty teenagers. And yeah. that's what I knew. And then coming in and having another context, someone saying, oh, but that's not appropriate for this. At first I was like, what? But now I look back and think, oh, my God, those were such important moments to realise, especially as a professional, mm. that there is a, a job to be delivered there. And, yeah, that was so – I definitely, yeah. definitely feel – and you had the same thing, right? Yeah, I think – I remember when I first – because I went to drum tech and I remember first getting there and I, I didn't really – understand what the music industry was yeah so when i got there i was just like i'm just gonna play drums and then i was like oh actually there's professional musicians all around and (laughs) they're they're doing this for a living and stuff as i kind of got to know i was like playing in my hometown doing my metal gigs and stuff and then i very quickly found out that i was not as good as i thought i was and i remember like going past all the practice booths and seeing all these drummers like absolutely blazing around the kit and i was like oh god i can't do any of that and it's it's really intimidating like yeah. i totally i totally feel you but i just kind of took it upon myself to just practice and practice and practice as you both have done yeah. as well but it's quite i always forget about that moment that first lpw 
when I remember the first one I went into and it's like all your teachers are watching you. Yeah. All your peers yeah. are definitely judging you. Yeah. Because oh, they're like, come on, show me what you can do. Yeah. Guy in my class. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's it was that was a probably one of the scariest moments of like playing drums full yeah. stop for me. That first LPW. So I totally feel you. It's totally. an important part though, because like so when we do induction on the programme, the first thing we do now is we have like a four hour jam session where people can just get up mm. and get that moment out of the way because you do not want that to be in the lesson. You want to at least have got up in front of a few people and gone, okay, so that's what that feels like. That's the energy I'm getting from yeah. this group. Because otherwise, it's, it's that's heavy, man, to walk yeah. in there and be like, this is my first time. But it was really interesting this year. So I, again, we just take this for granted. But for some people this year, it was their first time doing a gig just and being say. on stage. Yeah. And I was just like, that is wild. But yeah. of course, if you've never done it, you've never done it. Well, so one of the drummers, Ashley... Yeah, um, great drummer in my uh, first year Beamer's uh, drum class. And I thought, because she'd been playing so well all yes. year and with so much confidence, I was like, obviously she's done loads of gigs. And she's, she teaches drums as well. Yeah. Um, so hello, Ashley, if you're listening. Yeah, big up, Ash. Um, big up, Ash. And uh, we got to the l- the last gig of the year and she's like, oh, I'm really nervous. I've, I've never done this before. I was like, what? <laughs> You've never done a gig? She's like, no, I've never gigged before. I was like... I know. I mean, you kept that really, yeah, like really face quiet. big time. But she did, she did so well. But she you do really well. take that for granted. Harry, yeah, never gigged before. The first one was their final LPW gig of the year. Wow. Madness! It's crazy, isn't it? Like, they smashed it. It's so. I suppose that brings me on to the next question. Then, in terms of like working with younger students or younger people, not even just students, obviously younger people. How have you navigated that? Because I mean. I struggle sometimes. I'm only sort of, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, over them. Like, what's it like to be around that energy? Andy, let's start with okay. you. I mean, that's yeah, probably a bigger gulf. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I, mean, yeah, I am old enough to be some of their grandparents. So it's like kind of, it's a, I mean, I think so, I mean, there's, there's two points. One is, I think that, I mean, the thing underlines it is there is, you know, the passion for music and the enjoyment of music. And, you know, and if, if you're working with people who are, passionate about it and are enjoying it that gives you something to work with i mean i think the cultural references are different yeah i mean and so you know i mean what important artists you know are different and i think i mean that's been a learning journey for me and um you know um you know there's a you know shout out to stella i, I mean i've learned, <laughs> I, I discovered the world of black pink and k-pop which which i mean i mean it wasn't i, I, I had no opinion about it i didn't know it was a thing yeah you know, and you know so so you you, you are pulled into that so that's that's, that's you know, entirely a positive journey i mean i think you know a lot of students are a different place in their life than I am. So I mean, there's some things about their lives that I have no interest in knowing about, and, that, and that's probably a good thing. You know, that, uh, you know. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, so I think it's, it's been. I think it's it's been a quite a more straightforward journey than I may have thought it would have been. Yeah. Um. That in in that regard, you know, and I think so. I mean, in a positive one where you get stuff out of it. Yeah. You know? Do you think that's got anything to do with music, Andy? Do you think it's like if you'd gone to a different university with younger students? Do you think music m- maybe sort of like a level playing field almost or okay so, so one of the things which is very important about doing music here is you have to collaborate yeah yeah, yeah. and so there is something that, that actually pushes you together to work on something yeah? yeah um you know you couldn't get through icmp just sitting on your own yeah you know it was so i think other courses that didn't demand that 
there'd be less incentive for that kind of exchange to take place. Um, and I think also that I think people are ears tend to be open. So if somebody's yeah. got some new ideas and, and different ideas, um, it does have currency. Yeah. You know? So I think I mean that's another thing. Also, it's the place is quite small. Yeah. Yeah. So you aren't. I mean, if you were. Somewhere where I'm at the South Bank University, where there's thousands of students, yeah. um, it's not that it's a different environment. It was here, you know, it's very hard not to know people. Yeah, but, totally. Know. It's only like thirteen hundred, so like yeah. across two campuses, you will meet pretty much everyone if you're around. Yeah. That's so interesting, and I think it's great that kind of we get to speak about that because it is. There's not many situations in life where you throw, let's say, someone in their fifties and someone who's like nineteen together as you said, on like a level playing yeah. field, because usually it's one of those things where experience will always come with age and it will always trump over someone who's younger who hasn't had that experience. But of course, we know this from being tutors. You can walk in and an 18-year-old will smoke you under the table with how good they are already. And you're like, let's say from a technical perspective, and you're like, this is terrifying. This This person who is, you know not even fully formed yet as an adult as as a as a human has already surpassed me technically in something that i have been working yeah. so hard for obviously i'm not there yet but i'm it's just such an interesting thing because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have like an 18 year old doctor walk in and say to the chief surgeon actually i've got this i'll do the transplant today because people be like that's incredibly that's insane step aside but on a gig you would you would have someone walk in who's 15 sit down at a drum kit replace someone who's in their 40s and has had the chair for 30 you know whatever years and be just as good if not better i love that about music it's amazing that we can have that well, we, we were, um, so Adam Goldsmith, who we teach with, um, one of the guitar tutors here at ICMP, we, we talk after our LPW yeah, classes, right? We go and have a coffee and we and we sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, we chat about teaching and about the lessons and stuff. And Adam was like, I'm learning so much from these yeah. guys. And it's it's true. Like, you you know, we, I take away things from the students every week. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, some of them are, I mean, there was, I can't remember who it was on the first year, but they were just, they were 17. Yeah. Just turning 18. And I do forget that sometimes. Yeah. And they were, and they're great. Yeah. You know, I definitely wasn't like that when I was that age. Not at all. Like, at all. Especially with maturity as well. Yeah. A lot of the students are very mature for their age and also amazing players as well. Yeah. So Tabs, what about you? <clears throat> Absolutely, I'm I'm totally agree with you because sometimes I forget about their age. Yeah, they're very reliable. Their their musicality is just huge, and I'm just learning from them mm. all the time. And they're coming from different backgrounds, so they have something unique with them all the time. Yeah. So it's 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 a very very interesting environment to study because it's very diverse, and that maturity, as you mentioned, is just there. You, sometimes I forget that some of them are 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. Do you feel any pressure being older to like set examples or like when you hear them say something? Because I struggle with this a lot, right? When you overhear conversations, you think, oh, guys, that really is not the way to be looking at this. Like you want to kind of step in and help them and say, look, yes, I, I see what you're saying, but you're coming at this from quite an immature way. Let me offer, you know, that unsolicited advice yeah. thing can always be really difficult because people don't like it and you don't understand why. Do you ever struggle with that as a sort of a, a person who's had more experience and 
and from your story actually had you know some very difficult things to overcome is there any a challenge there to sort of deal with that interestingly the people i am in contact with they're not like that at all they're my friends yeah it makes a big difference and we just all i i sometimes getting advice from them that's great yeah seriously (laughs) like carlota stella um avery are my friend yeah just hanging out going out talking so I never felt that way. And if they're coming sometimes to me asking question, it's in a different way, not put you in a kind of a position that you feel, oh my God, I'm a grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. Because I've had that a couple of times. I've said things like, well, you know, obviously this Beatles song and there have been people who have said to me, who are the Beatles? And I'm like, what? What do you mean, who are the Beatles? Like, but they're, you know, they were born in like 2010 or something ridiculous yeah. like that. And I'm like, wait a minute hang on I can't even fathom being born in that whatever that is so it's it is really interesting what's the best bit of advice you've been given then from the from the younger generation what are you doing with your life because I was doing something wrong oh really yeah and it made me really thought it made me think about my life and I just corrected so someone when you joined the program Oh, about the program? Or Or, or like just like since being here in ICMP and around the younger students, what's the best bit of advice you've been given by them? Yeah, it was that one, actually, because I had a a difficulties and I was about to just give up everything. Yeah. And one of them actually said, I know you, that's not you, what you're doing with your life. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. And also to like you know to say that to someone older and say hang on i've got some advice for you yeah i, love I would that. i would never have i would be way too scared to do that i just i think it's a generational thing though isn't it like you know i think we were all probably raised in the same way of kind of you do respect your elders mm. regardless of whether you agree with them or not as well like i i've something that i really struggled with in my 30s was you know going against thoughts that your parents have or older people have and being able to go actually hang on a minute no I don't agree with that and I'm quite happy to talk about it now and I think the younger generation I don't even know what generation that is which ones are what generation are we on now for like 18 is that Z is it Gen Z is it the Gen Z ones if you're 18 like now I think so I think so so the Gen Z thing is like I'll just stand up to anyone and I don't care and I'm like, actually, I kind of really respect that. Yeah. Like when an eight, yeah. like one of my students comes to me and says, "Ben, this isn't good enough." And I'm like, "Do you know what? You're absolutely right. And you've done it in a really respectful way. Yeah. You've done it in a really articulate way." And I sometimes get blown away when I'm in the committee meetings with, because we have student representatives on all committees at ICMP at every level of governance, and you know, you're there with senior team, and this is a really intimidating situation even for me as a you know established member of the team and then you get some 18 year old representative just come out and absolutely floor everybody with this so well put point that just hits the nail on the head and just asks a question that nobody was really brave enough to answer and you think oh, i'm so grateful for people like you yeah respect. that is amazing that is so cool thanks tabs that's brilliant um so questions Almost coming to the end. Do you have any more questions, Jonathan? Yeah, I just, I mean, we still got sort of 15 minutes ish, nice. I reckon 10, 15 minutes. Great. Um, I was going to ask what you guys are working on at the oh, moment. Oh, yes. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Like, you know, have you got any projects or you just, you know, you, you, Andy, you going to the gym and pumping some Ron or what, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what's, what's life presenting at the moment? Oh, look, Toby. So I'll, I'll talk about one. I'll let Toby talk about the other project. So, cool. um, so there's, um, 
obviously the way I came into music was wanting to write songs and I didn't do it for a very long time but um, it got to the last semester where there's a chance to do an individual artist project um, and there's one which I'd had sort of half written for a long time and I thought okay I'm here I'm never going to have a better chance to work with brilliant musicians to make this happen nice. yeah? and and so that, that um, I've, I've done it in a band with, uh, with, with, with Tabby on vocals um, there's, with, with Matt with, with uh, Sam McAndrew um, with Alex Oxley um, that um, and also with art by Steffi, um, doing a song under the project name Good Morning Midnight about a novel written by Jean Reese in the 1930s, and so I got a chance to perform that for my LPR assessment, wow. um, which was again you know that uh, which yeah, was a real landmark for myself. But I think that you know that um, now I want to take that forward. Yeah, so we're rehearsing, we're planning to record over the summer um, and start releasing stuff and start, start doing some, some gigging. So that's that's one project. Um, and obviously I'm collaborating on another project, Tavi. Yeah, the function band actually we just created together called The Rouse. So the same people, we just um, aim for going around the UK, doing gigs, um, creating tutorials during the summer, recorded some of the covers with our own arrangement and just, yeah, take it from there. Amazing. Nice stuff. So you guys obviously have connected through music and through this program is there because obviously is it ironic that you're both obviously mature students or was there what was it that you saw in each other in terms of sort of pulling together in these projects because they're they're really intimate projects like you know obviously the the good morning Mm. midnight thing and i've i've seen the first gig of it and it was phenomenal and just so bold and creative and brave and all of these amazing things and I'm so glad the students will get to experience people doing projects of that scale because I haven't seen that for a long time you know the crossover of art fashion music it's an incredibly ambitious project but it, it's wonderful but that's a lot to share with someone because that's a you know it's a big passion of yours Andy and I know the way that you've kind of articulated it to me is there's a lot of passion behind this. So what is it about working together? What have you enjoyed the most and what brought you together as sort of professional I'll colleagues? I'll explain the, the, the initial... Well, I mean, obviously, we've been in class together. Yeah, of but, course. Um, last year, for performance identity, I was doing um, around, um, you know, that, uh, that the true revolution of punk was women. Yeah. That, that, uh, um, and so for the performance that I wanted a strong female-led band. Uh, and so I, that, uh, I spotted tabs. Uh, that, that, uh, so, so she, she sung about songs by X-Ray Specs and Bikini Kill for me as part of that process. Um, Judy Rhodes played lead guitar, so again, the lead guitarist has to be a woman. Amazing. Yeah, that, that, uh, so that's the first time we collaborated, and and, and that was a really kind of uh, you know uh, positive experience. And then obviously, then from that, it means Tab, you invited me to get take, to get involved in the Rouse over last summer. Yeah. Um, so when it came to then doing the kind of the Good Morning Midnight project, particularly. For that project, um, you know, Tab was the ideal person to lead that because of, you know, of what I wanted to get to. So it was a kind of a this. It was that you know, the absolutely the right person for nice. that. That's I awesome. love your um, I love your Instagram posts with all the masks and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. It's just, it's, I love it. It I'll, makes um, me so I'll happy. I'll send you the link to the performance. You Please can watch do. The, it's, it was really incredible. Oh, I'd love to see that. What about you, Tabs? What's your sort of thoughts on that? Um, you know, we knew each other during the course and yeah. you know basically who you can work and you can rely on them sometimes. Yeah. So I just saw it in Andy and he's very easy to work. I really feel, um, you know, I can talk to him, especially, you know, when you're a woman, 
even though I just worked in his original project, he was so open to the suggestion, very well, just directing you in a way that you can't get it wrong. Mm. You know, he just put you there. So I just felt that I can I can work with him. So yeah, that was the reason really. We um we talked about this, didn't we, on working with your best friend? Yes, this is coming up. Which is coming up one of the episodes, and I think the main thing for me working with you um is being able to rely on someone yeah. and count on someone because mm. when you're especially with your project, Andy, where it's I suppose both projects where there's a lot to get done and there's you know there's work to do and also it's quite you know there's a lot of emotion behind it and stuff like that you've got to you've got to have someone you can trust and also as we've found out with behind the beat stuff and with the podcast it's a hell of a lot of work it's a huge amount of work and you have to be accountable if we've got like really strict timelines mm-hmm. with, with our stuff this has to be mm-hmm. done by this date this has to be otherwise it just falls apart yeah. and there's no point doing it so I think as you get into your professional careers and as you start getting more and more projects on the go you have to be able to rely on each other otherwise what's the point I, I can't stand working with people that are not reliable it really yeah. winds me up one of the, the, the I think the main thing for me 100% I, I completely agree I think as well like there's so many ideas that you have all the time so like especially when you're here studying I imagine the ideas just come thick and fast every lesson could give you 50 ideas and you kind of sometimes feel overwhelmed okay so which ones do I follow which ones do I pick up and mm. turn into something and of course you need someone to help you sometimes and say, well, look, let's share that idea together. Let's get it off the ground together. And I think that that reliability and also just accountability to say, do you know what? I'm going to do this and then deliver. It's like building that real professional trust. And I think as well, it's it's rare. It's not very often you do find those people. And I, I say this to the students all the time. Like if you start gelling with someone follow that through see where that goes because there's a reason why you're feeling that and sometimes you know it's quite instinctive and it's your instrument and you just play with a good drummer and you're like oh that feels really great or you play with a great bass player or whatever but then sometimes it's like you could be one could be i don't know an accountant and you could be a bassist but there's just something about the energy that you have together it's like well maybe we should work in some some way together and i've been reading through some of the students final projects they have to do this reflective commentary it's so interesting listening to them reflect on the challenges that they've had in their projects. They all come down to one thing, and it's people. Yeah. Again yeah. and again and again. And I keep writing the same comment. I just keep copying and pasting it into the, the feedback box. So what has that taught you about how you're working? If you keep coming up to this thing where people are letting you down you know, you can't control other people, right? People will do what they want to do. So how do you sort of insulate yourself from that damage? Well, you know, there's so many ways of doing that. And um, yeah, it's it's a harsh lesson to learn that. It really is. You know, I think we've all probably in our lives experienced projects where all of the stuff is working, that the music's great or the idea's great. And then somewhere along the line, it just starts to disintegrate. And before you know it, it's completely fallen apart. And you're like, wait a minute, this was working so well a few months ago. What, what's happened there? Like, it's have you guys ever had that? So, I mean, you did a podcast about mental health. Yes. And I mean, I mean, I, mean, I had experience where, I mean, this is my, in my 20s, we were an absolutely brilliant drummer. He was, I mean, he was the best part of the band. Yeah. yeah he was, and, but he had serious mental health issues. Right. And the, 
and over time that began to impact more and more. He his, his health deteriorated, and and it felt to me that I mean that was a cut away underneath the band because yeah. that, that um you know this he couldn't be relied upon anymore. His behaviour became erratic and strange, and it was the fact that you know this you know. I mean, I talked about why the band ended, and it was like you, you couldn't replace him. You know, yeah, he 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 was yeah. so much integral to that band, but it wasn't the same band when he couldn't do it anymore. And so that so that is a thing. It's such a shame. What about you, Tabby? Did you ever have any experiences like that with projects that fell apart? Um, we had a goal for the rows that we couldn't meet, yeah. obviously, because um, the people are not taking things seriously yeah. or not coming yeah. to the rehearsal mm-hmm. and. It does impact your mental health. Totally. Because it was me and Andy many, many times in the rehearsal, in the rehearsal session, and they didn't show up. Yeah. And we have to constantly messaging them and asking whether they're coming or not, which it's not a problem if you're not coming, but at least letting the others know. Yeah. And yeah, it does. It did really impacted my mentality in that time that I just got to the point that I said, "Is it really worth it?" Yeah. Mm. But again. When I just reflect back to the heart, inner side, and I just saw him, he was with me all in every single rehearsal session. Yeah. And one of the rare things that, as you said, I found is just we're sharing the same goals, yeah. which is very, very important. That's why mm. we just keep pushing and set another kind of sort of goals and going forward. So, yeah. That's great. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like when... <sighs> I remember sort of being in bands and, you know, these are sort of professional bands and touring bands and stuff. And I think uh, for me, where it started to fall apart, like looking back sort of years ago, Mm. is when you'd get to the rehearsal and someone would turn up half an hour late. And then the next rehearsal, half an hour late. And after a while, it just starts chipping away. Yes. Or like you're loading all the stuff out the venue and they're nowhere to be seen. Or, I don't know, there's just a few instances. And after a while, you're like, this is actually really annoying. Yeah. And then you start almost resenting them. Totally. And it's it's just this breakdown in communication. And I think it's, you know, with you two, you're both aligned in your goals and, and also sort of, I suppose, your just your general approach to the project projects. So it, it works, right? And it's, it's, it's quite, it is rare. It is it rare. Is. And that's why we started this, because I knew that I'd be able to work with you yeah. and count on you. I mean, if you think about like what we've done in the short space of time of launching the company, like mm. it's a huge amount of work. And I think if I was doing it with anyone else, I just, well, yeah. I, I would have really lost my rag, I think a long time ago, which is one thing. But I think to go back to, you know, you two, Andy and Tabs, like there's clearly a lot of trust there. And I think trust is such trust a big it, part yeah. of this because you have to, I think you said it really beautifully earlier. It's like he let me make mistakes or something or created an environment where mistakes were okay because then you can take the risk to yeah. deliver those incredible performances because you've gone out of your comfort zone and gone, do you know what? I'm going to try something and it may not be perfect, but I'm going to give it a go and I feel like I can be supported afterward. That's such a huge thing, mm. and particularly with your projects that are, you know, I mean, The Rouse and Good Morning Midnight are very different to each other. So they've you've got a very different aesthetic, but both of them require a lot of trust. And I think it's so great that that, mm. you know, without saying it, that's how I observed it anyway, just taking from you guys, which is which is amazing. Um, so we're coming to the end and obviously we want to say a massive thank you to both of you and as tradition is on the guest spots is that you get to ask any question you like one each to us 
to close it down. So who would like to go first? Mm. And it doesn't have to be the same question as when we recorded yeah. the first time if you don't want it to. Because <laughs> otherwise, that's like, we know what's coming. Can I just say before you ask the questions, thank you so much to both of you for like taking the time out again because obviously we had some te- technical oh, difficulties yeah. with the audio for the first one. I know like... You know, you guys had to come here and take time yeah. out of your day. So thank you so much for coming and getting honest, this episode it's, done. Yeah. <laughs> Spending an hour chatting to you guys, it's not exactly a bird, is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> lovely. This was like the doomed episode, wasn't it? Last week we were supposed to do it and I, I'm i 99% sure I had COVID. Yeah, you were really unwell. Um, I was not very well. So like, it's just, I was like, are we going to get this done? But we were so, so committed to doing yes. it because both of your stories are so important. And, I think, and I'm so glad we did. I just sit here going, yes this was the right thing to do. I'm so happy. So yeah, yeah. over to you guys. Questions. A question so, each. So I'm not sure if it, it was a question I asked last time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's, okay, you you can change one thing about ICMP. Oh yeah. What would you change? Hmm. Oh. I think you asked the same question. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did, but that's fine because I've totally forgotten what I said the first time. You, you go first? Yeah, I nice, was, thank God for that. Yeah, I was going to say... Potentially the class sizes, mm-hmm. so smaller class sizes. Although the class sizes at ICMP are not particularly big, mm-hmm. I think it's it works two ways because in some of the classes, like for example the drummers, I like having a lot of drummers because there's that real community and there's a lot of people to get involved and there's lots of different personalities and I love that. For, for the live performance, I think if the classes were slightly smaller you'd really be able to like hone in and have Mm. and almost like get bands you know for the whole year and i think when you have lots of people and sometimes the students don't turn up and stuff there's a little bit of inconsistency there so i I think i'd say the class sizes but not for every class yeah i know that's not particularly do you know what i mean Mm um it's hard though because i really i really love teaching here and i i really enjoy my classes and stuff so it's a that's a hard question but i I, yeah i think that yeah i think it's in like an ideal world situation right it's not like it's an issue it's more just like if you could wave a magic wand what would you have i think for me and again in that kind of like aspirational mindset it would be to just have the students turn up more yeah And, and, yeah. and and i hate to say that because like you know i think this is another generational thing but like through my degree I partied hard. Don't get me wrong. I partied hard. But we were there every time. But we were there every morning for every class. Now, we may not have been fully sort of present and conscious because of the night before, but we were there. We were in the room. We never let people down. We turned up to rehearsals. And it's because the thought of missing a class to me was just like, but you just don't do that. Like, there was, I didn't sit there going, shall I go to class? I went, well, I have to be at class. So it's not a question whether I should or not. And I think one thing I find very difficult and purely because I feel sorry for them for missing out on the experience that they've signed up for is that attendance can be really shaky. And I know that this is across all institutions of every single kind. I mean, I was in Nashville, what, six weeks ago, talking to someone from a university where the minimum fees are $45,000 a year. And I said, oh, you know, obviously that's really expensive, but oh man, I mean, your classes must be full, man. Like no one's going to be missing that. He said, average attendance is 42%. Oh, wow. wow. So something is different now in terms of student Mm. mentality and stuff. And I think it's really interesting, but I just think, wouldn't it be amazing if you knew for 12, 24 weeks, 
you're going to have 15 in the room every week yeah, and you might have totally a few agree. people be ill throughout the thing whatever but like you know it's going to be strong i think it would just change the whole dynamic yeah. so that's that's what i would change but think, it's not going to yeah, happen <laughs> i think as well like with the for the lpw gig that they did at the end of the first year it was really it was quite upsetting really because a lot of them struggled with people not turning up to rehearsals yeah. and also we had to that like last minute band changes because we knew they weren't going to be on the gigs. Yeah. And I did feel sorry for some of the students and there's like, there's only so much as tutors we can do because I, I can't make people turn up. Nope. Yeah. And no, Ben, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. That, would, that would make me so happy if I knew that I had a full class every single yeah. semester. It'd be amazing. Okay. Nice question. Nice question. Tabs. Tabs. If you can change one thing in your music career, what would that be? Oh, I'm going to com- straight in. I'm going to completely just like get out of this question. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. Really? No. Nothing no. at all. I, I honestly, I wouldn't because I I said to you last week this this year I'm just so happy yeah. with how everything's going and I've put in a lot of work and I think even if things haven't gone the way I expected them to, it's brought me to this place and I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. I I I like I like the failures. And I like the successes, and I'm. This year is probably going to be the best year of my career so far. And every year I've tried to level up, and I feel like the hard work is really paying off. I've got some good things this year, so nothing. Thank you. It's Great. Welcome. So now whatever I answer <laughs> is going to pale in comparison smoke <laughs> to the the martyr over there who's just shown me. Okay, fine. Right. I actually would change something and it's really simple. I would have just got into it earlier. I think that's the thing I, you know, I think I would have loved to have got into it. I don't know how I would have done that. That's the truth of it though. Like my life was, my school was a very different sort of situation of where that could have happened. But I would love to have picked up, even if it was keyboard or like, I mean, you know, we all played recorder and nonsense like that. But that to me wasn't music. That was just a struggle to be forced into doing something Mm. that just happened to make a musical sound. But like, I would love to have had the realization of passion for music earlier. I don't know if it would have changed much, but I know there was a couple of years at school where I was really unhappy and I really didn't feel like I wanted to study and I didn't want to do anything really. There was no subject that made me feel good. And then I met, obviously met my friends and we got into music together. So I would love to have spent a few more years having those days, but nothing from my professional career. That all of that was what I wanted to keep. So I'm just like John. I also wouldn't change anything. <laughs> but I just, you know, I had the uh, modesty to change something in my life. <laughs> Great question. I, I love it. I was, I'm actually now basically. You need to go first, and I can copy your answers. Right. Yeah. I was gonna. I, I was gonna say actually, there, there is one thing. I wish that I'd kept up playing keys. Ah, oh, that's, that's the one a good thing. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I had keyboard lessons when I was younger. And I stopped, and that's the one thing I, I wish I had a bit more understanding. I'm, I'm actually I've started to learn keys again now, but I wish just even a little bit. Yeah. I wish I I kept up keys. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that was just a wonderful conversation. That was Thank lovely. you both. We are so Thank grateful you very much. and just so glad we managed to get this to happen. And yeah, so have a lovely rest of your days, and everyone will see you on the next session. See you later. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
been listening to Beats and Best Friends, a Behind the Beat production. It was recorded at ICMP Queen's Park. The intro music features John Harris on drums, Ben Jones on bass, Adam Goldsmith on guitar and Nick Ferry on keyboards. Thanks for stopping by and we'll see you on the next session.